Should I commit suicide? How can we avoid people going down that path? The number one thing is talking about it. My mother told me that she was suicidal. It's not something that you hear from parents or from successful people in the media. The more that people talk about it and how they navigate out of that dark night of the soul supports other and reminds them like, oh, this person I look up to or this person that seems like they have everything together. They also went through something that I thought only I was experiencing. This is the Human Future Podcast, where we explore the intersection of technology and spirituality with some of the world's brightest minds. Together, we paint a vision of the desirable future and discuss the actionable steps to make that vision a reality. And now, without further ado, let's begin. Today, we are joined by Stefan Leon, who is a multidisciplinary artist, personal evolution coach, and entrepreneur. During our conversation, we talked about a wide range of topics from value of art to the role of the ego and to the possibilities of utopian future. We also explored the topics of existentialism, human evolution, and society's perception of natural. Personal growth through overcoming procrastination was also a big theme. Stefan is such a great communicator, which makes the show so much more interesting to watch and to listen. And now, without further ado, let's dive in. Welcome. It's an honor to have you, brother. Not only in studio, but also in my life, I would say. It's been a great, probably what, like five years knowing each other? About that, yeah. We, how did we meet? Do you remember? Well, uh, was that through, uh, at your house, maybe? Uh, When uh, one of your... It was definitely through Nicole. Right. I think it was uh, one of the like holidays or something like that where you weren't even living in my that's right yeah yeah i think so i was here for for a spot whatever it was uh weren't you working for some kind of startup yes what was it it was an advanced materials startup and i was working with nanomaterials and carbon fiber and other things doing we were doing like sub military contracts and and yeah it was it was neat i was brought on to run operations and then also I set up the brand, yeah. Like did logo and all all that sort of stuff. Cool. Yeah. How big was the team? It was just me and the and the founder. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. He's is he still doing it? I don't think so. Yeah. 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 Man, I think it would be awesome to start uh, from you sharing your personal transformation story because um, I know that uh, personal evolution is something that is big in what you do and is important for you. Uh, so starting off with you sharing about your personal evolution, you know, going through or uh, overcoming addiction, uh, other challenges, um, things that you also share uh, publicly online yeah. or started to share online more, more so than before. So yeah, uh, just share with me that journey of personal evolution. Yeah, man. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and I- Brother, I'm excited to to be chatting with you. The yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, the personal man, the personal transformation journey. Um, I'm in the middle of it, no question. Yeah, and it's one that started when I got out of college, and I was pursuing a startup. I was pursuing a technology startup. We were working on a mobile application that was mm-hmm. a social network to connect people for fitness and sports. And this is where I started flexing my beginning, my amateur skills as an entrepreneur. 
really, I was a wantrepreneur. I yeah. wanted to be an entrepreneur because yeah. we made no money. We yeah. raised money, but we didn't make any money. Yeah. And so it was realizing how much we didn't know. But the most important aspect of, of the three startup journeys that I've had has been the founder dynamics, mm -hmm. working with people. Everyone is a mirror for each other. I really felt it when I went from that startup to the advanced material startup that I was in. Mm -hmm. It was like roles reverse. The role that I had with my previous co-founder, I reversed the role in the one in the second startup. Mm. And it was jarring because at that point, I'd already been doing plant medicine. I'd already been going deeper on my, my path. Really? Yes. When did you start? 2015. Wow. Yeah. And so then I got to, I was very much already into my reflections and I could see, man, this is how I'm showing up. This is how I'm, was showing up to my previous business partner. Mm -hmm. And these are all the aspects of myself that don't let me move forward. And then what revealed inside of me, all the ways that I was still being a child mm -hmm. and still not rising up to meet my potential and still being really impatient. Mm -hmm. A lot of the personal transformation journey has just been looking inside and seeing what are the aspects of me to clean up, mainly procrastination, lust, wanting to make money mm -hmm. rather than actually aligning with purpose or dharma, which has been the biggest contradiction inside of me that I has not let me move forward in the way that I've always imagined. And the impatience, the impatience to make money, the impatience to do something bigger. But then also my actions mm -hmm. didn't actually match this wanting to make money because I was investing in things that were much longer runway, had much bigger um, possibility of creating big financial abundance. And so I was more so betting on that because I felt like the everyday that I was seeing was not as attractive mm -hmm. as far as making enough money to live on your own and enjoy the comfortable things of the things of your 20s. Mm -hmm. The rest of the journey besides that dharmic piece has been about meeting myself and learning about God, learning about spirituality, how we can become spiritual beings mm -hmm. in which we are in essence, yeah. but then walk in and live it. And a lot of that has been plant medicine. And then the other side of that has been a meditation practice that started since before I got to college um, through guru worship, because I follow a guru from India. And that's a significant portion of my life. Mm -hmm. And it was with the guidance and support of a mentor, mm -hmm. whom you're familiar with, Kevin Walton, yep. that has really supported me in that transformation during the last two years to kind of put everything that I'd been learning throughout my 20s together so that I could finally discard all the stuff that I'd just been beating my head over, mm. procrastination and lust and, and not rising up, not believing myself, all sorts of things that keep me from being more of who I am, the artist that I am, mm. the speaker that I am, the coach that I am, the transformation specialist that I am, someone that is here to actually do things which contribute to the world rather than me just acting out of places of insecurity yeah, without alignment. Yeah, it's interesting. So I didn't know that you your work with, like deeper work with uh, plant medicine and other modalities started pretty early on. Mm -hmm. I thought it was fairly recent thing. And um, basically you were 
deep in like in the matrix type reality while you were also starting your journey of working uh, plant medicine how was that for you was that like disorienting was that, how was it for you like be able to find where, where's your center being in both two worlds like that mm-hmm. yeah you know brother in the beginning yeah it wasn't disorienting because it was more affirmative okay that the stuff that i had sort of like known or felt about oneness about mm. the universe etc the kind of like more foundational and but basic concepts mm-hmm. that i'd already had an understanding of yeah kind of had an understanding that we were souls going on a journey it was affirming that without taking away too much of what i was doing my day to day because i wasn't getting the answers of how do i become a millionaire yeah <laughs> but i went you know funny because like i went to like my second ceremony mm-hmm. or it was my third and i i really wanted to know about this this business that i was in the startup that i was in how do i make this work mm-hmm. never got an answer around any of that but instead saw how it can better the relationship with my parents my brother the people who are my friends how it can be more giving and brought me back into just centering more and meditating so it was supporting those fundamental spiritual aspects that i was already aware of eventually stuff started get, getting deeper but it matched up with when things in my life also got kind of ripped open like mm-hmm. when the startup failed and like i had a serious relationship that ended in a terrible breakup and it was in that dark moment where i was confronting thoughts of suicide again through which has been present throughout my life on yeah. occasion yeah came out that's when my work with the plant medicine got serious deeper and very transformative because mm-hmm. it really opened up new doorways of perception that came naturally with the dark night of the soul so it was like it was going along nicely in parallel yeah yeah um i'll share a little interesting experience that's related to uh what you, some some of the stuff that you've shared so when i was in college um i was part of this fraternity uh social fraternity and we had a um an outing like we rented this uh this lodge house at some some place and then we all, all went there for the weekend and um we had one evening we had this activity where we would go around and ask each other questions and everyone had to uh, honestly answer basically those questions and um we came to the question have you ever uh, considered committing suicide uh, a question for everyone and i was shocked to see uh how many people have considered having even suicidal thoughts maybe they haven't really like pursued or uh, really acted on it but at least having the emergence of 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 those thoughts popping up in their head right and um it was clear to me that it, it was very much uh, a western bug if you will mm-hmm. like i've never even remotely considered mm-hmm. that like growing up in belarus that was not even like a subtle consideration and i think um it only emerges when well not only but you you so in in this pyramid maslow or like hierarchy of needs you don't even consider committing suicide when you're just in a survival state when you know you're just day day in and day out like just try to survive and look for food or how are you going to 
you know, um, pay for rent or for this or for that. Like you, you don't have capacity or time or luxury to think about like bigger philosophical questions about what life is and like, am I being on purpose or is my life meaningless and things like that. Right. Um, uh, so it's, a uh, what's, what's the phrase, a, a gift and a curse that, uh, uh, Western society have the privilege to live uh, s- such an abundant life and at the same time have such a s- hardship struggle inside sometimes that to the point of committing suicide, which is like the, the ultimate struggle. Dude, exactly. Exactly. It was from, I'll share on this. Mm-hmm. I've, I've noticed I've had a reflection all around this when mm-hmm. I recognize it's in my periods when I'm doing the least, like when I don't know what to do. I don't know where mm. to go. I don't know how things are supposed to get better from here when I've invested a lot of time or I've invested an entire personality, persona, mm-hmm. thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then when things were idle, that's when those thoughts started getting louder. And I'm like, oh. But it also kind of reminded me that they're sort of there, but behind the surface, we're just staying in activity. We're keeping busy. But if we were to just chill and I don't want to say chill. Mm-hmm. If we were to pull back and be in that idle space, it does sort of surface this idea of what's the point of life, getting existential. Mm-hmm. It was existentialism at the time that really got to me. Mm-hmm. I really didn't know what the meaning of life was, what the purpose of being alive was. Mm-hmm. Everything looked terrible. Wow. <laughs> that was my outlook. It was tainted by an identity within me that didn't want to go forward, didn't want to keep exploring the ways that I came here to be human, came here to succeed, excel, achieve, yeah. all that stuff. How common is it, I mean, from those who you grew up with, have you ever thought about, like, have you ever talked about the, to your friends or other you know, classmates about this issue? Because I know it's it's common, but no one really talks about it as much as uh, it's as common as it is. I think it's more common than we think. Yeah. There's different stages. There are people that are actively ideating suicide. Yeah. There's some people that are thinking suicidal thoughts, yeah. but they're not getting close to, like at one point I planned a suicide and that's going farther down, down the road mm-hmm. of committing suicide. And so we're, a lot of people enter the field, like to the spectrum of mm-hmm. su- some, some level of suicidal ideation. Or what would it be like, or what would happen, or who would miss me, and that sort of thing. Yeah. So it's it's definitely a range, yeah. but so I feel like most people have most people have dabbled in the range. Yeah. Most people have definitely gone to the point of like, what's the meaning of life? Do I have any purpose here? Yeah. Is there any point of me going forward? Yeah. Depends how deep they go in there. Hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I think most people have gone there at some. They've explored that it, field. Is is that a a useful or beneficial space to 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 occupy or to navigate like to even have those types of thoughts or should we as a society uh try to find ways how to minimize us staying in in those like um just i mean i would maybe call them destructive destructive patterns or like uh, uh thought thought patterns you know, if you're going down the 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 road of should I commit suicide and then you go deeper into it, I don't think that's the right path uh, from the perspective of a living being. 
in general, exploring the the field of what is life, uh, what is purpose, what is meaning, to, to have greater understanding, that's useful. In my view, um, really going down the, the, the rabbit hole of, is this the last day? Should I commit suicide? I, I don't think that we should be, pro- not even that should be promoting it. How can we avoid people going down that path or or yeah, I don't know, something like that. Yeah, I I mean, I love it, dude. This Mm. is something that, first of all, I think is inevitable in a society that reaches certain levels of comfort where you've achieved Mm -hmm. a state of being that's comfortable enough for you to start pondering the meaning of life, like you were saying in Maslow's hierarchy, Yeah. right? When you're in survivalist mode, you're not necessarily thinking about Mm -hmm. the meaning of life. And when you do start pondering it, unless you have clear guidance and if you have shadows that are influencing your thought patterns, yeah. which most of us have shadows. I think we all have shadows. No, <laughs> we all have shadows. We wouldn't be here. We, would, we wouldn't be here, right? That's right. Yeah. So those shadows influence at that point where, okay, now you're thinking about maybe your life and getting existential. It's one of the roads of existentialism. But existentialism is inevitable in society. Hmm. Like that's one of the gates that we have to pass through as we're evolving as a society because Technology has now allowed us Mm. to simplify our lives in such a manner that I can accomplish staying alive without the need to constantly work, which is one of the efficiency outputs of the technology that we're afforded in the infrastructure embedded in the fabric of society. So then I can think about who I am. More artists emerge, more bullshit businesses emerge, preoccupations of time. Mm. And one of those is preoccupations of mind. Existentialism is a inevitable gate for the human evolution because it's not like we got to a comfortable place mm-hmm. and found ourselves in heaven. Mm-hmm. We still found most of the world struggling in some way, yeah. but not even most of the world ourselves. Yeah. Relationships, money, achievement, fulfillment, mm-hmm. meaning. Mm-hmm. significance. Those are things that we get to ponder about when we're at the space where, you know, maybe you are idle for a, for a bit and you're like, okay, well, before I get back in motion, before I just start jumping to the rat race or I start jumping, I go to the next job or mm-hmm. I just keep going. Because once you're, when you're in the flow, you don't necessarily think about it unless all of a sudden shit crash, crashes, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're not in the flow, you can think twice about getting back in the flow. Like, why am I getting back in the flow in the first place? Yeah. That's what, that's one of the things that was happening to me. Yeah. I'm sure it's something that happens frequently in the Western society that we live in because of what we're talking about. Yeah. You know, the, com- the comforts and stuff. Yes. That's one of the things that I think is, is present. Mm-hmm. On the other side, to answer the question, like, you know, not whether or not we should, I think you caught that. What we can do about it to support people who get there, mm-hmm. the number one thing I truly believe is talking about it yes especially successful people people who are successful many of them have thought about suicide Hmm. my mother told me that she was suicidal when i told her i was thinking about suicide Mm -hmm. or that i had suicidal thoughts and and that was revelatory because it's not something that you hear from parents or from Mm -hmm. successful people in the media but you do you also do the more that people talk about it and how they navigate out of that dark night of the soul or that dark period in life, yes, 
supports other and reminds them like, oh, this person I look up to or this person that seems like they have everything together. Yeah. They also went through something that I thought only I was experiencing or right. I thought only I was going through. Right. Because people really get laser focused on their experience of life as mm -hmm. a singular unique experience mm -hmm. when almost no you experience mm -hmm. is unique in its essence to just one human. Mm -hmm. Almost all of us are doing the same things going through similar things, right? Would you say then the existentialism and let's say uh, suicidal thoughts is an ev inevitable milestone in evolutionary process or? Without a question. You think so, right? Yeah. In the evolutionary process of beings that forgot their eternal source. If you are someone who has a question or question about your real identity, and I mean specifically your identity in God, your identity in source, that is an inevitable gate. So I think for humanity, especially because we're all still coming back to the understanding or waking up to the understanding that we never left our source. We're not separate from the eternal source of life of creation. That's here. That's, that's right here within us. That's everywhere around us. Mm -hmm. That's everything we see. Without that understanding, no question. You get to, this could be your millionth lifetime. You get to your millionth lifetime and something inside of you is itching and saying, what's the point of this? Because something in you is so old, yeah, so old, yeah. but going through the distorted lens of an ego yeah. thinks of this lifetime encapsulating a feeling that you're carrying from millennia, potentially, yeah. potentially, to then come to that sort of feeling of like, What's the point? Who am I? Is there any meaning to this? Because I don't, I don't like the way that things are going to turn out, basically, because mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. seems like whoever's in charge is going to crash the ship again. Yeah. Yeah. Because I could also see how that could be viewed in a different way where, let's say, going back to the suicidal thought could be as a mind virus or as a culture virus that, that is, you know, taking over. And we should really like figure out what's the source of it and try to m mitigate it. And also that th the virus doesn't have to be there. Like, or, or to evolve, you don't have to get the virus. 1000%. 1000%. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some people say some people, a lot of people will choose to. I think that shadow is pervasive mm -hmm. throughout the world and we pass it on to our kids and mm -hmm. it's in society. But agreed, you don't have to. I read a book, I'm thinking, I'm trying to remember, I feel like it was one of Malcolm Gladwell's books. And if I'm not mistaken, the tipping point where he spoke about a society, it was like, it was a Malaysian society or like Taiwan or a place where kids, like 18 year olds, mm -hmm. were committing suicide. They had like the highest suicide rate of men under 25. And it was becoming a cultural, Mm -hmm. cultural thing like a cultural stamp yeah like in a sense of martyrdom and it can infect the culture and people yeah. can see that as a way to create significance in their lives right yeah i see like going down to the definition of what the virus is i think it comes down to it creates um it promotes or how would it, how would you say it it's something has a relationship with degrading the amount of 
the amount of life. So it's it's almost like yes, it's serving its own purpose, but it's basically doing some killing, and, and that's what viruses do, kind of thing. You know, mm. they they harm the living organism, living being, uh, and yes, the virus itself is a living being, um, but it's it almost go, going against against natural. Uh, natural, like, uh, for example, cancerous cells, um, is, I would put them in the similar category. Mm -hmm. They, it's like some kind of a mutation, uh, that is there for us to like become stronger and better, but it's, yes. it's, it's actually, it's pulling the, the, the other direction. Brother, it's a, it's a set of thoughts that correspond to an identity. Mm -hmm. And that identity corresponds to beliefs that we hold in our subconscious about mm -hmm. ourselves and about life. Because ultimately, without getting into the territory of uh, clinical me uh, mental illnesses, yeah. which obviously have their own complications significantly, and what we're talking about, there's an identity present in, in people who are you know, ideating suicide that thinks ending one's life is the way to achieve one's goals. Mm -hmm. There's this is a desirable outcome in some way because maybe by committing suicide, you relieve pressure, you relieve an anxiety, you relieve a uh, fear. Maybe it's about living life. For me, a big one is about living life to the fullest. Mm -hmm. And there's an identity that says this is a better route for us, and this means that if. I'm not getting attention here or things aren't working out here. It means something about me, which reaffirms why there's no point to this life. There's no point to me living this life, you know, things like that. So it's a collection of yeah. ideas that belong to an identity that we're hosting. We give life to every time we engage with that identity. So when we don't catch the thinking, mm -hmm. which isn't us, it's not our true essence. Sure. It continues to basically have strength inside of our mind. It's all mental creations. Yeah, I'm reading this book. Um, it's called Life 3.0. Um, and talking, it's talking about like the, uh, AI and uh, evolution and those things. But uh, what caught my attention, and I've heard it before, but uh, it didn't really land for me. Uh, this technical term that's called substrate independent. Uh, what it means is you can run, let's say, computation or you can have memory, uh, those things that computers do. Uh, in the, you can do all of those things independent uh, of the, the substrate, meaning uh, the medium that the, those things are running on. Uh, right now, they're using silicon. You know, before they would use uh, punch cards and other things. Mm -hmm. The process of computation was exactly the same. Like, it was the same. You, you just had to create, like, a, a logical gates or uh, components that do the computation. But it doesn't depend on the subsystem that's sustaining it. And similarly, I feel like, uh, like the like, the idea or, like, the you said it's not our essence is not those thoughts it's almost like um those thoughts are sitting on top of the the the, the biological uh subs, substrate uh which 
even even that also doesn't have to live on this biological substrate. It could live on uh, maybe a synthetic. Uh, uh, basically, if you're creating this synthetic life, those types of patterns could also evolve and and um, have life for 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 themselves without having like a biological meat that's carrying them type thing. What? Well, it's a little bit. Of- that was out there. Not in a, not in a bad way. That was out there though. Well, hold on. You're th- you're talking about them like like it's a like it's, it's a physical virus. It's uh huh. So it's, it's not a, on top it's, of a biological substrate. It's it's its own um it's its own like entity. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That just but it's uh, a not physical entity. It's not a physical entity. It's it's a the same type of entity as the wave in the stadium where people get up. And the wave is going. There's you can't put that wave in the in the box, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. but it it because it consists of every person getting up, mm-hmm. right? The wave itself is a thing that's moving, and so something like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's a its own evolving thing that has its own pattern of behavior and properties and things like that, and it just happens to live on top of people's like awareness. It doesn't exist without us, though. Yeah. Because it's a thought, right? Right. Uh, we we are uh, a medium, or like a. In, in it the, doesn't exist without us. Period. Because there's no there's no source of creation other than creation itself, which mm-hmm. we are a part of creation itself, and so we are channels mm-hmm. of creative energy, and for us to have thoughts mm-hmm. relating to you know. An, an entity, let's call it. Yeah, that is this this level of shadow. You know, a thought process like this mm-hmm. still comes not from the loving source, but our way of using our creative energy with an ego mind. And mm-hmm. it's only because of the presence of an ego mind that we can have thoughts which are so contrary mm-hmm. to the truth of who we are. So it's really more a result of having an ego mind and us being the medium because it doesn't live on its own. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we have essentially the tool to create it. We are the tool yeah. that creates it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, the wave won't exist if there's uh, no medium to propagate the wave. It's, it's something similar. Um, I think um, it's a good time to switch or get to the next topic of um, art. Uh, okay. Where, which you are an artist. I, how long have you considered? Let's start there, and then I also want to for you to define what is art. How long have you been an considered yourself an artist? I've only considered myself an artist for a year. Okay, exactly. Yeah, that's kind of what I, I thought. I thought would the answer be that it's a new newer discovery about yourself? Yes. Uh, do you think you were an artist before? One hundred percent. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I've only now considering myself an artist. Art scared me. Okay. And not only that, I thought art is fun, art is cool, but art doesn't pay the bills. Yeah. Art doesn't make money. And I really have been focused in my life about making money, making mm-hmm. big money, not small money, making big money, which is why I wanted startups. I wanted Silicon Valley. I wanted uh, a successful exit. I wanted a, a fat Series A round, you know, yeah. you know, legit. I wanted the wanted to do the whole thing. I was listening to angel investing podcasts. I was listening, looking up VCs mm-hmm. and, and reading, you know, at some point Hacker News and all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Because I got infected. Mm. Speaking of a virus, 
Speaking of a virus, man. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. How about the virus? Yeah. That is all around humanity. All, dude, all around humanity. Yeah. Where people want to make absurd amounts of money, more than other people, in a sense. Yeah. For the wrong reasons. For the wrong reasons. For the wrong reasons. Right. It's not because it's going to bring changing contribution and fulfillment to your life and mm-hmm. to the lives of others. Mm-hmm. We say that. Mm-hmm. Brother, we say it. I would say it. I would say yeah. what I'm here for is to contribute to the world, etc. Not lying. Yeah. Because it's not a lie. Yeah. But it's not transparent. Yeah. Because my stronger intention was do this thing, but so that I can get paid. Yeah, I think it is lying though to yourself totally. first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you lie to yourself first. Yeah. I mean, the the epitome of this, which I have no shame in sharing, mm-hmm. is that I was in an MLM, which they had great products. I was in an MLM and I sold myself on how good I was doing for other people. Mm-hmm. One by attempting to get them into the MLM, which failed miserably, by the mm-hmm. way. It was so out of alignment that things never lined up for me, like very little success in that, mm-hmm. even though I really gave it my all at one point. Yeah. It lasted less than a year, thank God. But that was a perfect example of me still lying, lying yes. to myself about yes. why I was doing what I was doing. Yes. Is it really to help people? Is it really because I'm so passionate mm-hmm. about supplementation? Or at one point, sports and fitness, or or the advanced materials that could revolutionize technology. What? Yeah, those are those viruses, are things yeah. that yeah, that's but, that but, whole thing is a virus. But you know what's uh, tricky is the fact that there's a big subset of people who are lying to themselves in a very similar way, and they're succeeding. For uh, sure, um, for sure. So why is that? true like why does that happen like what you know if if you were lying to yourself maybe you weren't lying enough to yourself is that what it is that you you weren't as there's some part of you inside knew that this is not right and it was pulling you the other direction and that's why maybe you didn't manifest it in the financial abundance doing something that's you know misaligned in that exactly case. for me 100 percent. yeah one that one let's say 99 percent there's another aspect there that I still wasn't rising up to the level of discipline that any of the endeavors needed. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that I recognize looking back mm-hmm. in different endeavors where I still wasn't stepping up, mm-hmm. wasn't sharing, wasn't posting, asking for support, all sorts of stuff that were coming from insecurities. Yeah. Right. But also I would always feel uncomfortable at some point, given enough time that I wasn't doing sole purpose stuff, that I was lying about why I was there and putting off what my soul has been asking for. Yeah. My soul is really loud inside of, inside of me, inside of my body. Mm-hmm. And throughout, man, throughout all the endeavors, you know, I remember like a specific time in, in 2017. And from there on, there was like a shift and I could really feel where I was struggling to stay on top of shit that I did not care about, mm-hmm. that I just did not care. And so my motivation would wane because I would try to beef it up, like like pump myself up with motivation to get yeah. stuff done and be more disciplined. Right. And I did not actually care. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Man, yeah. Um, when I left corporate, I was I was trying to remind myself as often as I could to not fall into that trap of just following money. Because um, mm. I certainly also had big ambitions and I, and I wanted more for myself, uh, including making more money and mm-hmm. having more abundance and freedom to do whatever I want and what my family would want to do. And I also knew that just pursuing financial abundance is not it. It's not the path that I should find myself ever mm-hmm. uh, on, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And um, there were certainly moments where uh, I would drift in, in that direction. Uh, and it's and I feel like it still happens once in a while where uh, if there's an opportunity uh, to make more money, it's almost like um, it makes you a little drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, you fall into it and mm-hmm. then... Uh, after some time, after centering yourself, you're you're you become aware and mm. sober again. It's not bad. There's literally nothing wrong with it per se, mm-hmm. even though it has led to basically the destruction of social fabric and and everything in the world. Is, is what is, is not wrong exactly? Can you point the the what you said that is not wrong? Well, Getting rich, I agree, but what 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 ex- having the desire to make money or mm-hmm. making money like a a very important goal for oneself right. and being successful at it. Right. We're all on different paths. And the, the whole topic is very complex because money, yes. money is just energy. Yes, yes. And it relates. Everyone has a different relationship to it. Um, but more importantly, we all have different karma with it too, meaning like our fate with money is, is somewhat set up for the game mm-hmm. at birth. You're either born into you know, riches or poverty or middle class, you know, you have a certain relationship because of your parents, you have a certain relationship because of your environment, money either flows to you really well or it doesn't in generally. And then we have the piece that we play because money is allowed to here to flow to us all the entire world abundantly. If we are in alignment with ourselves, with that flow of money, and what that money can represent and teach us about our soul's journey. And, you know, in the work in plant medicine, they talk about all the time, like your relationship with your father, who's like a provider, is a big indicator of your own relationship with money and the flow of money in your life. Mm-hmm. And, and usually when people look, there's some sort of relationship there that um, could use some work or it can be supported better if there is conflict if there is something there that that didn't work out mm-hmm. um, or isn't in harmony mm-hmm. so it's super complicated because yeah, yeah, yeah. behind reality as we see it we're playing a game this all souls are playing a game with each other which is why we put on the mask of i'm this person you're Kirill, yeah. i'm stefan i have a i have a mother and a mm-hmm. father and they put on their roles and their mask yeah. and we're all here together with and it's just one entity playing totally <laughs> totally so we're, pl- we're setting ourselves up in the game and money is such an important aspect of the game yes. in this, in this right, variation right, of right. life. Yeah, when I was referring to, oh, sometimes I would like almost get drunk, you, I was referring more into opportunities to make money where the intention of other parties weren't aligned. Mm-hmm. It, would, it was only for the sake of making money that I would spend my energy into, but... I always try to find opportunities where my heart is in the right place and and I am involved in generating more income. I think that's super important because 
there's so many different opportunities to make money and and I think if you fall into the 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 trap of it's it's all about what type of energy that you want to immerse yourself in you could be rich and very dark it be in the very dark energy mm-hmm. um, no doubt yeah and I, and, I, and I feel like money has the ability to remove friction of you flowing into one energy or the other energy like it it just g- gives you that uh opens that door like oh you want this type like here i'll give you a lot of money uh, you you're you're selling your soul for it mhm and money's oxygen in this lifetime yeah you money's literally, oxygen too you literally can't live without money exactly. in this lifetime yeah let's go back to art um so artist for a year and then now you discovered that you've been an artist since you were born type thing So what is uh what is art? How would you define art? What is art? I think art is the like a primordial essence of the soul. Like if we look around us at creation, life itself is so beautifully artistic. Creation is art. Like the art of creation, like what we come from, where we uh create from is a source of of art just art business can be art the way that we handle relationships can be art communication mm. flowers are art flowers are such beautiful art mm. sunsets are art mm-hmm. you know art is everywhere it's probably one of the if not one of literally one of the most okay. important aspects and then what life. is not art or just said because I, i it almost what you're saying art is basically everything is there anything that's not art you say yeah things that are created just from the mind Okay. Without without love. Okay. I think love in essence is is art in essence. All right. And that's why there's such uh profundity to the beauty in life. And when we make things with the mind, like with the ego mind, mm-hmm. aka distortions, mm-hmm. we can make tons of things that are not art. And there's quote unquote dark art that comes to mind as I say that. But I don't believe that art can come from anywhere but like our source. Yeah. The source of of creative energy itself. I don't I I would like to say that everything is art because I'm sure that we can look at it that way and that's a beautiful way to look at. It. Yeah. And I know that we create a lot of things just from our mind, just from our ego. Yes. Yeah, because then artificial mind could create what appears to be art and 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 the the, the line between human art and artificial art is getting blurry and blurrier. It's scary. Um, it's cool. It's cool uh, and I think we are in the process of redefining what art is. Yeah, I I kind of resonate with what you were saying. Art involves an emotion or involves uh, some kind of purpose, uh, a human essence, uh, it involves a human essence. Uh but then what happens when the artificial mind creates what appears to be art what is that i mean i would be hard pressed to say it's not art okay because even the artificial intelligence or whatever we're creating is part of our creation to do more of what we want mm-hmm. it's an extension of us and if we set up artificial intelligence to create art that's just using technology to leverage our creative inspiration our creative source mm-hmm. which eventually like we're sort of outsourcing to a mind which can then think on its own in a sense mm. and start creating novel mm. ideas based on um data subsets and all the information that it's able to you know accumulate and process where it starts creating art that 
we would have never thought yeah. possible prior. And there's going to come the moment where we're not going to be able to tell whether something was human-made and artificial, artificially made. Yeah. And that's coming across the board. Yes. Right? Yeah, we're pretty much there, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, the type of art that uh, AI is able to generate is astounding. But beyond um, digital art. Yeah. Right? Like physical art. Like, we're going to have robots and things that can produce, gra grab a paintbrush, mm -hmm. know how to create picture-perfect mm -hmm. oil paintings in the style of Basquiat and the style of Da Vinci. Right. You know, it's going to be, like, it's going to be all, the whole spectrum. Yeah. I had this philosophical kind of journey uh, last night about what is natural, because I think there's a relationship between art, what is art, and, like, human essence and things like that and then the another another idea of what is natural uh so let's say is is bi biology natural yes is uh, for, uh star formation natural yes uh is like uh chemical reactions and atomic bonding reactions things like things like that natural yes natural would you consider a computer a natural thing then we say no Okay, then let's see where is that boundary? Where where did it stop being natural? Whatever type of matter is being created in the in the universe, because at some, you know since the beginning of time until humans existed, that that whole everything was natural, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden after humans, whatever humans create becomes unnatural. That that to me is a little confusing. Like how yeah. come is that? Like that's just maybe that's our definition of the word natural exactly exactly yeah i think it is the definition like the way that we're describing meaning to the mm -hmm. things that we are creating as natural versus unnatural because at some level mm -hmm. very natural for us to create technology that then is all synthetic and that we create synthetic things because we're we're explorers mm -hmm. you know as far as we know as far as a lot of people think we're alone in the universe which is not true yeah but as far as we know, though, like we're the main explorers here mm -hmm. and we're these explorers of our creative potential mm -hmm. with the resources that we have available to us. Mm -hmm. So is it not natural for us to understand and figure out how to use a resource like silicone mm -hmm. to then create technology that changes everything or semiconductors? right and look at our phones is the phone not a natural creation ultimately yes if the creation is natural and then are the things that it creates unnatural i think there's a case to be made that yeah. when technology itself is the creative source mm -hmm. then we're looking at something that is synthetic especially mm -hmm. when we're you know we made up plastic mm -hmm. you know with like petroleum and mm -hmm. weird chemicals that's not a natural creation Okay. It's natural that we made it mm. because we're explorers. Yeah. But then ultimately, I think there's a case to be made that that's not natural, like that we don't need plastic. But then look at all the stuff that we use with plastic. It's awesome. Yeah. But then you can make an, I mean, it's a very like, it's just a, like a, there's no right answer. There's in no there. right it's answer. It's a philosophical kind of like riddle. Um, yeah. So I see it, evolutionary process basically is a process of, matter reorganizing itself in different ways so starting from like uh you know all of the primitive um elements cooking in the sun 
uh, in or in inside of a star or something like that and then exploding and creating the planets and planets now creating biology and and so in biology uh, there's a novel way of of uh, organizing you know what are the most primitive elements the hydrogen you know mm -hmm. uh, all carbon the, carbon all of those mm -hmm. elements they are organizing themselves in a very novel new way that never existed in the past we can say something similar to creating plastic that's just a novel way of yeah. organizing matter yeah. and the way it it organized itself it's also a novel way there there were some like creatures existing on some planet and they figured out how to like create like a very strange process of extraction and like all of that so you can all see it as just a process just uh, it's not the same way how it creates new ways to organize matter basically yeah I hear, same with like I creating computers it's the same same idea like and it's and it's not like we're creating anything outside of the universe like we're not going to an inorganic universe bringing exactly. something back in yeah 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 exactly so it's the same materials we're just material. reorganizing them in a different way yeah um, yeah i think it's just the, the word natural is just useful to have a distinction like oh anything that's uh maybe pre-human that's all natural and then post-human whatever humans create that's becomes artificial basically yeah it can be for a level of distinction yeah which is useful Right. Yeah, it's useful to have distinction in our language, be precise with our language. So, but it is the meaning that we ascribe to it. It's useful. And also, if you just falling into the, those definitions, then you are um, putting yourself as a, like anything. I, I think that there is a, that creates a conflict between technology and spirituality, by the way. Because now we say, oh, anything that humans created is unnatural and we should prevent that from developing because we, we're going all natural path, right? Mm. Uh, but in fact, it's all the same process. Mm. We, we just, that definition actually created the separation. I hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we have to be careful with, with the way that we ascribe meaning to because there's a value judgment on whether natural is better or worse right. in certain circumstances, right? So right. it's really the value judgment that brings us into trouble based on the ascribed meaning that we have to the different Right, and I wonder if there's a better way of describing so you don't create that separation uh, instead of like using natural because that's what in most people's minds, like the, the common understanding of the word natural is... Um, that distinction of human and pre-human, whatever nature was doing or whatever universe was doing pre-humans or something like that. It's, it's just, it's a one process. I, I see it a totally, there was no even like a, a fence anywhere. There's no boundary of any mm -hmm. kind. It's just a very fluid, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. smooth process. And nothing has stopped being natural. I, I mean, basically. Basically. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, it's, it's all a very, like the whole, from the beginning, at least as we know it, like beginning of times of, from the Big Bang all the way now, it's been a natural process. That's how I see it. Yeah, well, the root of natural is nature. The root of natural is nature, but I don't think star formation of stars is nature. How is that not nature, bro? Oh, is it nature? That's the nature of the universe. Okay. That's like right, the forest right. of the universe. I, for, <laughs> for, for, may, maybe it's my um, lack of uh, distinctions in English language because uh, in Russian, 
uh, nature is almost like just everything that's green, green, mm -hmm. basically. Right. Right. Uh, in, right. It's not anything that uh, evolves is basically n nature. It's part of nature. I would say everything in everything that is organic in the universe is part organic. of nature. Organic. Organic in the universe. Okay. What about the moon? Organic. Is organic. Yeah, yeah. What is organic again? Um, I, I believe the origin of that is like springing, springing naturally <laughs> from the source, potentially. Springing naturally from <laughs> the source. Okay, okay, okay. And the source in, in, the, in the example of a moon is, is a star, like some kind of star. Right. Right. It's all star matter. It's all stardust. I mean, then again, everything else that was created after has the same source. So it's all natural. Things are for sure all natural, apparently, after this conversation. But then, the, you know, to answer the question for, you know, people, right? Yes. It's about the distinction mm -hmm. so that when we can use language so that we can be distinct about, hey, this is organic. Like, mm -hmm. what do we mean when we, we mean organic? Mm -hmm. Especially that matters with, with food, mm -hmm. right? But yes. then when we mean synthetic so that we know like, oh, this might have mm -hmm. certain properties that, you know, like something that I like to think of is that we play God all the time. We play God with GMOs. Yes. We play God with our food. We play God with the soil. We play God with organic things, right? Yes. We make them quote unquote non-organic. We have a rudimentary understanding of, of chemistry at the level that chemistry can go to, you know, just in, just in comparison. So I like to think generally when we play around with nature, we haven't considered everything. Yes. And so for me, like making distinction between natural and synthetic is to remind ourselves that whatever is synthetic there, we added our touch, but not in full consideration of everything, where nature is in full consideration of everything. Great. I like that. So uh, the way what I see, uh, so ba basically the way I see it, what is natural is is a process that went through iterations of evolution and made a bunch of mistakes and and now this is the best version of it like basically that that's how nature evolved. what mistakes i mean not so maybe not mistakes but uh, what are they called oh, forgot the word so basically per, like permutations or the way like rent almost like randomness uh, it that's how nature c creates a bunch of different variations and only the the one that's you know the most adaptable for the environment exactly. will will survive um and maybe that's what we're doing now with technology and any any human created thing uh we're testing it against the environment and yes. the things that will we should put them in a category of natural or okay. like you see what i'm saying yeah yeah um, yeah yeah fascinating this is a fast <laughs> exploration of the subject because I, I keep forgetting the word when you commented on oh, oh it's a mistake it's not a mistake it's a, uh, a natural unfolding yeah it, anyway yeah so basically i see i see everything is meant to be so like they say oh we shouldn't use this technology or social media is ripping apart the fabric of society or, mm -hmm. or those things i think it's in the process of creating a stable form mm -hmm. yeah exactly exactly it's just the time frame is such a short time frame exactly that it feels to us that it's a total catastrophe we should not do it 
and maybe we shouldn't do it, but that's part of the process of solidifying the form. Totally, totally. We're in we're in exploration and experimentation, yeah. and then we're all part of the inputs. Mm-hmm. We're part of the experiment. All mm-hmm. of it is. We're mm-hmm. we're the actual inputs to the experiment, mm-hmm. and we are all variables in it as well. Yes, like we're a major variable. The collective is, and then individually we play a, a role. Even though we have our, you know, in the case of social media, our technology overlords, which is you know Zuckerberg and you know, a very, very few select amount of people, yeah. which they have their own agenda. And so there's something to be said yes. about that. Yes. But we are looking for the stable form of this technology that we found that can connect us through the digital medium that allows us to transmit messages, communication, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. whatever, w- that essence that we want to move between people which are really ideas between our minds to someone else's mind. That is what the representation of the social media platforms, what exactly. technology really is. Yes. You know, in essence, we are able to transmit. Yes. And now with new tools, with new capabilities that allows us to find new ways to better transmit, hopefully. Yes. The ideas that are in our mind, right? Yes. And where technology is about, you know, one of the things technology is about is helping us translate the ideas from our mind yes. to physical reality. Yes, uh, and also create more unity. Um, and more unity is the next stage of, uh, of, of evolution, the, the way I see it. The most evolved humans in the future are the most unified. 100%. The same way how our body has all of the cells unified. They're 100%. all on the same page. 100%. And now we have this new organism that's a super organism. Yes. Uh, and that's what we're creating now. Yes. But we're just, we have, we're just babies. We, we haven't really like figured out how, when you said, oh, we, we're not really accounting for all of the, every, every variable. We just haven't discovered all of the variables. We're poking and seeing what works, what doesn't. We're creating subsystems, um, smaller little, you know, sandbox little systems. And then once we solidify the form for each one and say, oh, this works every time, 100% of the time, we give the input and it gives a very predictable output. Now you can put that system in a collection of other systems and create like, so for example, um, even the analogy of uh, internet uh, protocol, TCP IP. Sure. It has um, arrow rates, like, uh, you know, it's sending... Um, waves through fiber optics or whatever. It's accounting for error rate. Um, and you're still able, so, so there's a bunch of errors that happens in the process, but the, the protocol basically is designed in such a way to, uh, account for those errors and send you the file exactly in the form that it, it was meant to send. Like you, you sending a song. And yes. on the other end, everyone, somebody receives exactly the same song. It sounds exactly the same, perfectly the same, right? So there are systems that humans already in the technological sense have built that act very predictably. And now, now we can rely on them mm-hmm. and they become the, um, the foundation for a greater, you know, systems that we're building. Mm-hmm. And so the unification process, like mm-hmm. social media, we, we, we just haven't, so the, in the example of, uh, the TCP IP protocol, like the sending traffic, that, that's, um, 
as a solidified form of of a subsystem that we're using to um, to connect more humans. And then social media is sitting on top of it. They just haven't found this solid state yet. It's still because there's a lot more variables. Every human is like playing a role in like how to form that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And complex systems for them to work have to be built on simpler systems that already run. Mm-hmm. Right. So when we're building new systems that are adding to the complexity, they can only work or be sustainable when the systems underneath it are already functioning. Yes. Yeah. They have to. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Humans w- wouldn't be possible or any uh, living organisms wouldn't be possible if the chemical bonding and structures weren't stable like they they weren't acting in this in a predictable stable way yes it's kind of like that yes which is a microcosm of the macrocosm because Mm -hmm. just as it's tiny within our our bodies we're tiny in the scale of the universe and the universe is also moving in ways which are like an entire organism. Yes. You know, if you really zoom out and you're able to see it, which is why I love looking at the universe or studying, like looking at um, like Hubble telescope photos and that sort of thing. Totally, man. Yeah. It, it totally supports our understanding that we are a microcosm of the macrocosm, mm-hmm. that there are so many things which are relatable mm-hmm. on different scales when we allow ourselves to see them. Something slipped in my mind, but there was such a good example of this. I don't know if it was us speaking about it, but... There are a lot of examples, like, uh, let's say, examples. retina of your eye is very similar to, like, a supernova or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or, like, how the brain neuron network looks like and, uh, like, the whole the whole universe connection yes. of, like, uh, matter looks yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. I- so those images, just going back to that, yeah. really supports our, our better understanding of ourselves mm-hmm. and life itself mm-hmm. as this natural playground or organic. Mm-hmm. What's kind of fascinating is to recognize that humans are able to see extremely small things and extremely large things. Mm. And then the, and that the, the, how would you call it? Like the scale, uh, relative to a human body. Uh, both ways is the same. Yes, we're, the human is basically right in the middle of how deep we can go into, like the the, the atomic scale and the cosmic scale. Mm-hmm, it's interesting mm-hmm. that we just happen to be right in the middle of how the smallest thing of the universe and the largest things of the universe. Well, cor- humans are like right in the middle well, of it. Humans are the center of the universe. Basically, it just <laughs> supports that idea. Exactly. Um, but it's, uh, that's, I've never really spoken about like the, the stable form idea mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. actually makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Basically seeing it as being true. Now the question is, how do we find the stable form of everything that's there? Like, I mean, I mean, dude, it's inspiring the thought right now that we're in the stable, we're looking for the stable form of living. Yeah, of exactly. Society. Yep. Of exactly. Because when we get to the place, the only place that is going to be stable is perfect unification. Mm. It's the only place of perfect stability, like stable form. Yes. Everything up to this point has is so is on such a rocky foundation. That's yes. why we have wars still yes. happening, right? That's right. Yeah. So our world, if we just speak in the 
terms of the world and humanity being on the world, confined to the world for now, we won't find anything that's stable until we come into perfect harmony with each other. I think there's value um, to searching for intermediary stable no states. Let's say, glo- like countries formed, like they they created some stability within them. We're still separated in a, on the world scale, but we've practiced, or let's say, how to create a, a village that in exactly. the smallest society, starting from maybe stability within yourself, exactly, and then growing bigger and bigger and bigger. So I think. Throughout, throughout the evolutionary process, there are waves of of new reorganization. Like the matter g- gets reorganized into uh, distinct, new, stable forms. Actually, what comes to mind is I'm sure you've seen an example where they would play a certain frequency, and the like the sand or something would mm-hmm. vibrate. So depending on the frequency, you would find a new stable form, mm-hmm. a new mm-hmm. stable shape of it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of like that. The, the with the uh, evolution and with the uh, increasing maybe of of some kind of frequency, uh, we're jumping from one stable form to the next. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, brother, that's a good one. Yeah. And it, I mean, ultimately, at least for hu- human beings, I do see us forming a, um, a super organism where everyone is united. So, so I don't know, because that state is very distinct from any like, um intermediary like steps to it so i don't know if uh... brother you know what comes to mind when you say that is technically we're already you know we're united at our source and we're just coming back to the realization of Mm -hmm. that so that we can live from there Mm -hmm. but there is no reality no truth excuse me to Mm -hmm. our separation it is our present reality in the way that we've ascribed meaning Eventually, when we see things, this comes back to the previous conversation, Mm -hmm. when we see someone outside of ourselves, it is a distinction, not a separation, a distinction that here I am too, not here I am and here they are. Then it becomes, because one of them is separation, one of them is distinction. Mm -hmm. So we're really, all of that gets solved, I think, when we can really fully integrate that we have not... Mm -hmm at any point actually separated, either from our source, from each other, from nature, from the planet, which is why people get so upset about, let's just call it like it is, assholes ruining the planet Mm -hmm. because they think that they're separate. Mm -hmm. And people that don't want to support improving the environment, Mm -hmm. the climate, think they're somehow separate from the world when we are part and parcel with everything. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the the ego um, uh, mentality, or like ego ego driven, or ego um, what's the word, like a d- dominated, like a yes. Ego just tends to be like it wants to. That's why ego is afraid of dying because it feels like it, it's a separate yes, its own thing. Exactly, dude. Ego, I love this. Ego is our tour guide. Mm-hmm. In a world where we wanted to experiment mm-hmm. things that are contrary to the truth mm-hmm. of what our source is, what our essence is. Yes. Eat. It's like, hey, you know, think about this. Like, hey, hey, God, I want to go experiment what it's like to mm-hmm. not be an unlimited being and not be in harmony with everything. It's like, I got just the guy. I know you don't know about this, yeah. but I know the guy that does. Yeah. I'm going to, you're going to drive a car 
Yeah. But if you're going to get in a car with the ego, he's going to drive. Even though you're a perfect driver, he's an imperfect driver. Mm -hmm. And that's how you're really going to be able to experiment. Mm -hmm. Life at the fullest, my friend. Mm -hmm. Have at it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's something like that, brother. Something like that, yeah, for yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. And um, it's basically allowing you to experience life uh, instead of in the like a in a waveform where everything is just part of the happening everything is like a s soup of uh patterns uh now you're uh, you're collapsing yourself into a particle and now you're like an independent little thing that's floating in the world and independent from other particles and, and fucking shit up yeah yeah <laughs> yeah bumping into other Bumper particles cars, that's yeah. actually like the thing that came to my mind it's like yeah. you're like <laughs> yeah 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 I think it is, though, a, a reality in the physical dimension. Like, you are separate in the physical 3D dimension. Physical. Um, right. In, to the notion that we are all part of the source and, you know, that, that idea, that just goes deeper into your essence of who you truly are, which you are not a physical being. You have a physical body that is your physical body is separate in the physical world with other physical bodies, but it's all an illusion that we're just on this platform. We're playing this illusion game. I want to speak to this. Please. So I love the example of thinking of the ocean. The ocean is filled with what? The ocean. You start breaking it down. It's the water. filled with water. The fish. Yes. Coral. Sand. You know, the different elements that are present. Yeah. When does any part of the ocean stop being the ocean? You know, like right when you pull it out out, out of the ocean and it dies. Right, you know, there's <laughs> that. Right, yeah. when you pull a fish out, you're like, now this is a fish. But when did the fish take on the identity of the fish? Because when the fish was in the ocean, it was the ocean. It was part. It was part of the ocean. Yes. It was kind of like when you look into the cells, you're like, that's that kind of cell and that's that kind of cell. And they're all fulfilling their role. Yes. But they're all part of the organism called ocean. They wouldn't mm. exist or have any meaning if it were not for the in totality, the mm -hmm. ocean. Mm -hmm. And when did Earth start stop being part of the ocean of the universe? Mm -hmm. Are we not one particle inside of a big ocean? When did we start being separate to the things that we see around us when everything is organic matter? We don't actually know. There's no geofence around our fingers mm -hmm. or our skin where the air stops and we start. Where do right. we start? Who is right. we? Even yes. the physical body has things that we can't see and, and it, it seems solid and it's not. And we know that. Science That's has shown right. us that. Yeah. So I like that. I like thinking of the ocean for, for the example mm -hmm. of when, when did we stop being part of the ocean? Yes. When did I stop? I like that. Yeah. When did I stop being part of everything here? And I can see that. I'm different, we look different, and we're fulfilling different roles, mm -hmm. but I'm still inside the cosmic soup. Yes. So as far as I'm concerned, that meaning de derives itself from being part of the whole. Yes. But I am not a whole with other wholes that are walking around in their wholeness. Yes. We are all part of it. Yes. I, I think um, this separation uh, came from, uh, where originated from, a, a usefulness of some sort of like you being separate and um, and being aware that of yourself uh, 
gave you an advantage of navigating in in this dimension, this three world. I mean, it's just it's the the, the law of reality. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. physical separation. Right. 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 Our perception of that. Somewhere in in that game, we got lost, and we just basically thought of everything as just ego. Like your 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 ego is the separate thing, and the whole world is to, everything is separate. I don't think we got lost in the game. I think we're okay. playing it. Okay. I think that is the game. Getting lost, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. I think that sets up the game because mm-hmm. then there's something to be found, and that okay. thing that we're looking for is us. Yeah. Would you say then? There's a relationship between future us that's uh, that's uh, reflecting on the past. So, from my understanding, like we are evolving into a non-physical beings that will become a source, maybe again, or maybe that's the place where we become a source. And now we're on the journey there. But basically, mm-hmm. okay, you, you want to speak to that? Is there a question though? Basically, what I'm saying, when you're saying we are, it, this is the game, this is how it was set, I don't think um, us, like, or evolved uh, non-physical beings are from the past. They're mm-hmm. from the future. They are a more evolved uh, species of intelligence in a way. Only within time. Because there's, no, right. there's no real, we're experiencing it as sure. real, but there's not actual past and future there really is you know that's what they speak to the power of now and all that yes that technically is the only time that exists you know i think that when everything is over we blink our eyes and we're back where we started mm-hmm. yeah something like that yeah I, I hear what you're saying about yeah, yeah. you know eventually if if we were to follow a linear thought of evolution mm-hmm. then we we discard our bodies because we no longer need them and mm-hmm. then we're this like etheric energetic being yes right yes which we would have to already exist as that yes. for that to be true, uh-huh. right? Exactly, and that's most likely true. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I would like to uh, touch on the twenty-one fifty. Oh my god, topic. I love it! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're heading there. Yeah, exactly. This is the most important thing ever. Yeah, this is the discovery of human. And bro, this is yeah. the, one of my the, the greatest discoveries. Thank you so much to a very dear friend who put me onto it. Twenty-one fifty is the most significant text one of the most significant texts that i have ever read that you you and i have read and a few of my close friends oh somebody else read and you've spoken to mm-hmm. people about it mm-hmm. do, do i know anyone of them probably probably so. yeah because i would love to get um a like a group of supporters of that type of vision uh those who are really inspired by that type of future um, yes. We need more people like that. Yes. Yes. Would you like to frame the, I mean, th- we can spo- spoil, do the spoiler alert for, for those uh, who haven't read the book and. I don't know, man. We got to keep, we got to keep some things. Yeah. We got to keep some things for. Do, do you want to frame the, what is it about? Like why, yes. why is it so, so exciting or it's uh, so inspiring or something like that? You know, man, you know, I'm kidding about not spoiling. Like we can spoil it obviously yeah dude 2150 the book is 2150 ad by thea alexander written in the 70s um and you know we read the 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 second version there's only two editions that came out um to my understanding and it is it follows a really charming narrative of of a man that goes to sleep and wakes up in another time called 21 not called 
time period, 2150, because the book also took place in, the, in that timeline in the 70s. And he wakes up and he, he went to a world that has evolved, totally evolved. Mm-hmm. Everything in unity and harmony, mm-hmm. everything that we were talking about, mm-hmm. a stable system, one that was in full understanding of the spiritual and human experience, full understanding of our past lives and our future lives and the eternal moment. But the most beautiful part about it is, to me, it is a place where the soul has finally been liberated from the cycle of birth and death. Mm -hmm. Because you get to be born and then you choose when you die, Mm -hmm. when you have finished all the things that you are there to work on. And I like to think that one of the real reasons that I believe 2150 exists is because, you know, I drink ayahuasca and you can process a lot of your past life stuff, but the well is endless. Yes. You could spend your entire life drinking ayahuasca and it's not enough to quote unquote clean up if that was the way to become quote unquote liberated in the sense of nirvana, the way yogis talk about it. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that that's the way. But I do like the idea, or it makes sense to me, the idea that we can go to a place where we no longer have birth and death, or we have birth, but we we choose our death, and we can process, we have basically infinite amount of time to process all of the garbage from our lives, what it meant to us, like what was that journey, like it's the big debrief of, of all of our human incarnations, is going to a place where... Yes. Everything is perfect where you figured out how to have what the book calls macro contact, which is the version, like a version of sex essentially, that includes connecting with source and feeling the orgasmic nature that high yogis speak about is the state of nirvana when you're connected with source, where you have an orgasm at every single cell in your body all at once. It's that level of pleasure that high yogis talk about, which is what 2150 references as macro contact in these beautiful, harmonious, romantic, delicious relationships, because I'm such a romantic dude. You are. This is, right? this is yeah. why this book calls Super. to me so much. Yeah. I, know, I love the romance <laughs> stuff so much. 2150 ultimately is, to me is a romance novel. Like that's what I grabbed from it. Yeah. Because he's following the love, the love of his soul yeah. across, like that is what creates the bridge for him to be able to travel in the 70s timeline to the 2150 timeline is the soul connection he has with what is in that time mm-hmm. considered one of their highest evolved beings. And then everyone around her and them that support creating a bridge for him to astral travel to that place, mm-hmm. assume a 2150-like body, which, of course, the narrative of the book is that you he's trying to stay in 2150 by completing certain objectives and missions and what a narrative what just what a story man man yeah it's super inspiring to to create or participate in creating a future like that like this is like a north star totally this is the type of future i want what do i need to do today to get there dude Uh, let's talk about the technology for a minute let's do it yeah yeah of the of the book yeah 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 yeah, yeah. like of the What, what were some things that stood out to you i mean the 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 reverend ai type uh, mm-hmm. voice that's uh, basically central intelligence central intelligence that's uh, creating this peaceful and perfectly balanced environment where everything is is um in harmony yeah it's perfect yeah essentially yeah and i think man 
the complexity of human behavior and culture and all of those things, we cannot, even if the brightest minds come together, we cannot create a system that create a, a full harmony. We have to uh, create a system that would create a system, exactly. something like that. Exactly. Exactly. That takes a, that takes advantage of of the power, mm-hmm. the computational power in order to support that. Because mm-hmm. we're going to offload our thinking to artificial intelligence the moment we can. We already do. Yes. But yes. think of Tony Stark. You know, it's a, it's a cartoon example, right? Like Iron Man. Mm-hmm. But the way that he asked Jarvis for, mm-hmm. hey, help do these computations, help me with this so that I, yes. we, we can put together this Iron Man suit and do everything in his life sort of thing. Not everything. Yes. Is, is what we're, what we're all dreaming, you know, like big minds are dreaming of. They want to yes. be able to offload complexity that is in consideration of data sets, historical data, future, all those things sure. in order to come to a high probable dis- decision where, you know, at some level, there's a level, there's a level of atrophy that's going to happen to our personal faculties if we don't exercise them and we just offload them to, to artificial mm-hmm. intelligence. Mm-hmm. But it's also going to enable us to work with data that we no longer have to carry the computational load of doing things that require higher levels of consideration that the yep. artificial intelligence can do highly efficiently, mm-hmm. which we can then use that in that data basically yes. to set up the inputs so that we can drive the machine 100%. and have now uh, this abundance of resource of knowledge, intelligence yes. that supports us in our greater developments. 100%. Yeah. yeah. When you said atrophied, um, I think the process of atrophied is a, let's say we forgot where like we don't need anymore how to program, how to write code. Mm-hmm. We atrophied the function of writing code. But I think it was just a intermediary function that we learn how to do. Uh, and it's not like innate, like uh, our, you know, uh, natural thing. Or... Yes. The danger is when we don't know what, like we don't know what it's doing at all. Yeah. You know, like the reason they, and at some level that we learn how to do math before mm-hmm. we use a calculator is so that we're not idiots, like yes, monkeys, yes, yes. Right, right, right. using a calculator. Fully reliant. Yeah. So if, if that system f- falls apart or, or fails, we don't just disappear because we can't function anymore. Yes. We can still have a fallback system um, to, to rely on. Yes. And I think that's, that's why it's so important to have subset of humans to know how to survive in, you know. And we always will. We'll always right. have that. Kind of like we have Library of Alexandra, like we'll have like he- human councils of, of people that know how to survive. Right. Because they're not going to sign up for the artificial intelligence anyways. They're not, <laughs> they're, yeah. They're going to be off grid. The, the one problem I have sometimes with those people is that they promote that lifestyle for everyone, meaning they... They see the future in which everyone is living their lifestyle. Right, you vilify the the technology that's coming to support. Yes, and and hurt because yes. it's for sure coming to affect us as well. Yeah, I see the importance of those people. Uh, we we need to keep some of them around for sure. Right, you know right. I mean? We we don't send the artificial intelligence to go kill them. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah, yeah. We'll keep some of them. Yeah. So we'll we'll keep some. I mean, the evolution should keep some of them. I don't. It doesn't even have to be like humans um, make a like a god humans have to make a decision to like let's keep those around uh, i think um it's useful to have a subset of people who can survive if no technology works at all so we can sustain the human species alive if that 
hopefully it's part of a hobby it's like right. hey i'm you know like there there's horse riding communities and right it's not like we need horses to get around right but you know you have entire communities that are like yeah well, this is what we like we we like things the way they they were in a sense and there's pleasure in that there's there's sure. a, a rich human experience in not necessarily going fully with the flow of technology right there's richness in that yeah yeah because br brother i mean we know it being in nature working with nature like nature is one of our greatest teachers like we can f god is all over nature god's mm. everywhere but when you're in nature you're really in the presence of mm -hmm. of the universe itself mm -hmm. right there in close contact mm -hmm. which provides a unique classroom for one's development as a spiritual being and for the human experience that yes. you can learn so much yes. from things that some might consider trivial yes and in fact a well-designed technology should bring us closer to nature not further away from nature right man right yeah so this this is where elders having elders people because mm -hmm. we're going to be the elders man and yeah. having the wisdom to be able to guide younger generations, which are going to be hungry, grabbing, you know, like more and faster and bigger and, and, you know, slicker and more steel and whatever it is. Yeah. 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 We bring that back in by allowing, allowing like that other perspective to really steep in. And when we respect our elders mm -hmm. who tell us about the land, indigenous communities that protect the Amazon. When we listen to them, even though all of their life is becoming obsolete, you know, it already is in comparison to the developed wor world. Mm -hmm. And yet there's wisdom there that we're not supposed to lose because we're humans too. Mm -hmm. And it's part of the whole. And so that's why it's never, it's never just about leaving it behind because it's less efficient. That's a limited perspective, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I agree that the technology will support us in getting quote-unquote closer to nature or at least it should uh I, I don't know if it will like maybe there will be moments and and i feel like we are in in one now where oftentimes uh technology does not support this idea and For it sure. should it really For should sure. but only if we set the intention yes. to, to do it because right now our technology overlords don't care yes if we never spend another day in nature unless it's to take a photo exactly <laughs> yeah i think bringing awareness and this is part of this effort right yes to bring the awareness into bring those conversations into the surface for for those who are designing those systems to yes. think about the the natural bro, bro the thing that comes to mind is life is comprehensive mm -hmm. it's and that too yes is uh a really important saying that we can have in our repertoire life is that too so mm -hmm. as technology burgeons and, and and blossoms we integrate it but we don't let go of the other stuff we allow the other stuff mm -hmm. to be part of it and we mm -hmm. expand mm -hmm. in our capacity to understand the comprehensive nature of life the the humans that we want in charge are ones that understand the comprehensive nature of life understand the human aspect the importance of technology yep. understand geopolitics understand society understand basically any subject that you can bring to the table so that you can have at least some foundational opinion based maybe based on some first principles mm -hmm. in order to drive a conversation forward that is inclusive and mm -hmm. in consideration mm -hmm. of of the all and how things are affected 
what are some other actionable steps that we can take apart from talking about it, which is the one of the most important one is to bring awareness through just discussing it and uh, putting it out there. What else do you think is useful to do? A few things, brother. The I don't know how much talking about it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. You know, truly, like it's one of those intangibles that has its ripple effect. It reaches certain people. Yeah. It does get in the water. So that's what's important about talking about it. Yes. It gets in the water. And ultimately, like even though no present action seems like the action to take, mm-hmm. you have a subconscious seed that's been being planted and fertilized and watered. I think actionably reading, like mm. researching. This, these are things that I'm not actively doing at the moment in mm. regards to some of the things which I know are important, like, yeah. like climate change, right? Mm. Um, I have a great friend. We have a, we have a friend in the community, Yadira Kapas, mm-hmm. who is a fantastic activist right now for coral reef uh, protection and how the waters who are the waters which are getting warmer are destroying our coral reef life and that's mm-hmm. natural habitats and those all relate back to the ecosystem and how those ecosystems are part of a greater order which is being disrupted and then to start taking away natural resources and affecting you know wildlife populations and things which ultimately come back to us yeah. right what we're doing with like fishing like um right now one of the most horrible things that's happening in the ocean is the overfishing problem scraping the bottom of the sea watching documentaries is a really good thing to become informed the one i'm, I'm thinking of one of the, the names escaped me that i yeah it was, te- it was terrible about the ocean, the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> about overfishing and how we're we're living in a world that is i don't come back to, you know we'll put in the show notes mm-hmm. we're living in a world that is being very unconscious because of greed mm-hmm. and losing our moral footing on subjects that matter so I think the when whenever there is like the call to action is not care about everything. Care, I mean, care yes in theory. Pick. Find something that calls to you, learn more about it, so that by the end of your lifetime you've been able to form an opinion and move the needle at least somewhat. And at least three to five issues that matter. Like for me, a big one is child trafficking, as you know. That's me going deep in something that I know we can make a difference on, but not if we stay asleep to it. So talking about it is one thing. Actually doing a little bit more research, watching a documentary, Mm -hmm. supporting an organization that's actually fighting. So then you research organization, you say, where can I put my money as far as like the resources I'm going to start donating or donate with, which is a tax break ultimately, Mm -hmm. so that I can support supporting this problem, supporting the solution for this problem. You know, people are passionate about the Amazon and such, why not incorporate in every single corporation a charitable aspect that supports an organization that the, uh, that the organization itself feels passionate about? Yeah. Why not start with a philanthropic, philanthropic ideal already so that when we start a business, I donate 10% of my art sales for child trafficking? You know, and it can be any organization. Right now, I'm supporting the Child Liberation Foundation, and that's something that I'm going to have the, my entire life because I learned about something that matters. And so, I'm not the one to go out and do the things, but I am someone that is researching, has learned, and is now actively directing efforts through my money, yeah. not just my words, and with what I'm doing with my art as well, yeah. to supporting that. So, if it's for climate change, if it's for 
something societal, at some level it could even be political, whatever it is, learn more or you're just going to be an ignoramus and you're not going to make a difference at all. So I think the call for everyone is to care a little bit more about something that starts pulling on your heartstrings where you're like, no, I, I do care about this. I stopped eating octopus after watching uh, my octopus teacher because I'm like, oh my God, they're so smart. Yes. And so that's a change, right? Yes. Um, and whatever it is in the world um, that people can feel passionate about and move the needle on. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I think that's, um, yeah, that's a good advice. One other thing that I would add is, although you said, oh, I'm not the one doing the thing, um, I think doing the thing could be expressed in so many different ways. Okay. Um, and you are doing the thing. Um, and I think that might be even more important. I mean, educating is the step one, educating yourself on different issues and see and finding the one that resonates with you. And step two, I consider more important is to bring uh, physical change into the physical reality right. by doing something here. Right. Either it's creating art or you know, creating media or doing anything that's that's actually manifesting in the physical world that's promoting the change. Right. Also, I mean, you brought it to mind, like if you learn about the oceans, you don't go to the beach and pollute. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So that is change the Change your behavior. Exactly. Yeah. There's a change in behavior and recognition of the thing yeah. that you've learned about yeah. that is now in alignment with a greater moral standing that is awakened in you by learning more and recognizing like, yeah. hey, this is out of alignment. Yeah, it, it basically falls into the same category of doing something physical. Uh, change in behavior is a physical manifestation of uh, of this new something that you're promoting or something. You believe in, you know? Yeah. By the way, this was we are in a full tangent. Yes. From Central Intelligence to twenty one fifty. Yes, they are. Yes. Do 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 we want to close the loop on I that wanna, one? Yeah, I want to close yeah. the loop. Let's see. Have we discussed all of the elements of of the of that type of reality, or you wanted to add a little bit more uh, description or details about it so people get a little bit more excited? Maybe. Hopefully, what we've said is already exciting. Yes. Um, even though they they did invent a pill where you can just eat the pill and you weren't hungry and it provided all your nutrients, that to me is a technology that I would love to have right now. Yes. Also, the food that comes from algae. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. algae food, but you can have like a steak or anything that you want yeah. to enjoy food, but yes. have it all be like perfect for the body. That's right. And yeah. there's also no illness. Right. Like they have perfect like systems for, for mm-hmm. healing. T- t- 2150 like opened my mind to a society that yeah. sounds great. Sounds, sign me up. It's a utopian world. It's, yeah. a, it's a utopian world. Yeah. But, you know, I, I was looking, this is why I think it's so significant. Mm-hmm. I was looking for... And I think a lot of people are looking for uh, something other than just being the etheric being, like leaving the body and then being an energy that's just floating around. You're like, it's kind of more fun to be a body. Mm. So like, why would I really give up the human incarnation? And 2150 is a great intermediary mm. where you get to enjoy the all the good things, all the pleasures of yes. being in a physical body. Right including like the powers that we don't use like telekinesis and and what's the our psychic abilities Psych- and yeah. precognition and yeah. all, all sorts of cool stuff mm-hmm. which is fun yes yes and not having to endure any of 
tragedies of our existence, which are all created by our ego mind and the thought of separation and not living in harmony, unity, and, and yeah. recognizing the perfection in all things. And limitations. of All uh, the limitations. Yeah. So I like the idea of the intermediary before yes. you just evolve to that to the to, yeah. to the spirit yeah 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 <laughs> you're just you're chilling yes i like that i like the idea of I do too intermediary because most people yes they hear spiritual people and they're like what you want to leave your body and then what just be an energy floating in the universe right whatever dude i think it's a lot harder to connect to that type of uh, future where it's so far off that we have no idea of the different benefits what that could give us right. it's a lot easier to to connect to this intermediary one that removes all of the bullshit things that life presents us with and just only be left with the beauty of exactly. being alive the beauty uh, right i suspect though that that type of society would um some subset of people would be excited about being ethereal because from their perspective, uh, they will have more reference what that could be like. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I'm sure, I mean, like, we were reading a novel, so it's not like we, if tw most likely something like 2150 exists, it's not like it's that basic. Right. Right. It's, so right. it's so much more complex. Of course, of course, yeah. So right. I'm sure that there is a lot of interdimensional activity that exactly. is present there. Intricacies. Where existence you, yeah you don't get bored right there's no boredom that's right right but there's none of this bullshit yeah yeah boredom is gone like totally even now like uh we have so many ways how to distract ourselves and i'm sure a more evolved beings you know know how to not be bored one ever 100 yeah. that's there's no oversight in yeah. the in the beingness of god where you're like, oh, I kind of ran out of ideas here. <laughs> I, 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 sorry, I didn't construct a good enough reality to take into account that we're eternal. Um, right, right. And now we're bored because we did everything. That's not, that's not how I think the, the game is designed. Okay. And so what do we need to do to make steps towards that type of future? Actionable steps that are relevant maybe in your life and something that you think uh, is uh, doable for people around you? You know, what I'm going to say is a little bit out there in a sense. I think it's twofold. I think one is the actions that we take, but the second is the actions we don't need to take. It's not on us. Like, I really like to believe in the, the beautiful hand of fate, like that guides us to that because that is our will. Mm -hmm. So we show up to play our role as impeccably as we can knowing that most likely we fall short in certain areas and that does not mean that that world that life that future gets put off indefinitely until we can perfectly get our act together mm -hmm. and then eventually you know we've done well enough we've lived another hundred thousand lifetimes and we've burned all our karma and then we can have you know like mm -hmm. that type of existence mm -hmm. that to me is not the way that the, these things work because that's yeah. really torturous so mm -hmm. there is work that we will do and work we don't have to do in order to get there. And I think whatever is our dharmic calling is what gets us there. So listening to the heart and the opportunities that present themselves for us to be a part of 
change in the world, like the ones that we're talking about, mm -hmm. which ultimately that society is enabled by us remembering our divinity. Mm -hmm. Because once we remember our divinity, the life, the game, the, the, the universe starts opening up in the ways that then support taking more aligned action or things changing because we're quote unquote learning the lessons. You know, these like energetic blocks and stuff get redone. You know, we, mm -hmm. we pass level, you know, go to the next level mm -hmm. and things either get easier, things get revealed, the shadows get heightened before they're released and all that stuff. So yes. I, I think it's part of the natural progression. I think so too. Keeping in mind, the more that we can keep in mind mm -hmm. that type of future, I think that's what brings it forth. So 2150, I love that it's in my mind because it really gives me something to like build toward, look forward to. For sure. Going back to what I'm saying, which is yes. I don't know what the actions are supposed to be that get us there. Yeah. But whatever I'm hearing in my heart mm -hmm. to do is probably in alignment with whatever I'm going to add to the creation of that future. Because mm -hmm. eventually maybe the opportunity, because I'm here to be an investor, no question. Maybe there's an opportunity where someone is working on some next level technology where I get to invest in or bring a group of people to invest in something that helps support building a 2150 future, either through yeah. infrastructure, through education, healing, you know, whatever the modalities are, because we need yeah. them all. We need them all. For sure. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, the more people can keep this vision in their, in their minds, uh, the faster we can get yeah. there. Yeah. I think um, that's true to really have that as a North Star or something similar as a North Star. Uh, you will a lot more likely to make every next step in the right direction. Yeah. Um, even if you don't know what that next step is, whenever a set of circumstances pre present themselves, you will know where to step yes. because it will be very clear. Uh, hopefully. It's like, oh, it's there. It's yeah. that way. Yeah. Yeah. Ideally, ideally, because we've shed enough clouds from our mind to see mm -hmm. more clearly and that sort of thing. We, we recognize our inner divinity, our intuition is stronger, we're great in greater access, living in greater capacity, all of that is in alignment. Mm -hmm. So let's read 2150, everyone, right? I That's have right. Uh, the PDF copy, oh, which I sent to you. That's right, yeah. I set up a web page on my website Amazing. so that people can request one for me directly. Amazing, yeah. Yeah, so we'll, dro awesome. we'll yeah. drop that link, but it's just stefanleon.com slash 2150 AD. Perfect. Oh, yeah. you, you did that one. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, that's a definitely worth reading and uh, get inspired book yeah. uh, that I would recommend to it's, everyone. Exactly. I read it on the, the iPad. You know, I just uploaded it to the iPad because on the yeah. phone, that sucks. Yeah, yeah, I've read it on that. Do you have uh, the 12 or inch like or, or the smaller one? Yeah, I think it was 11 inches. Yeah, it's, it's so much. I've been really enjoying reading on the bigger mm -hmm. iPad. It's so pleasant to have a big screen of text uh, your, your ipad's so nice <laughs> yeah yeah oh you, you, yeah. you yeah that's right yes yeah, it's uh yeah it's, it's just uh you know like people uh, talk about like oh apple or evil or this or that i'm sure they have some not so good intents around like profit maximization and uh, Mm. like slowing down your iphone or something like that before totally. anyone totally. gets released or something yeah. like that but the devices that they create are the best amazing like i all of my apple devices i love them like you know my ipad amazing um airpods airpods amazing yeah 
Uh, I can't wait to play around with uh, the new Vision uh, Pro uh, device. I think that's going to be amazing um, just by, by hearing some tech reviewers of their experience. Um, I think that's it's certainly going to be the next platform, um, and I can't wait to. And that will actually open a lot of new opportunities uh, to get us closer to one another. The, the mm -hmm. level of immersion mm -hmm. that will come from those types of devices is incomparable to anything that we had before. It will be as real as literally that's where we're maybe even. So right now, what we're doing is not actually a natural way of talking, right? Because we're talking through a mirror. Uh, but this is already um, good enough to approximate the real sitting right next to each other and talking. It's right. pretty much the same. Right. Right. So that thing will, I would suspect, will have a similar level of, of presence uh, with another person. Wild. And I have so many, like, not so many, it's a few, like, instrumental use cases that I would love to either for someone else develop for for me to experience or for me to lead the effort of developing experiences like that that help you increase your awareness around yourself it's for like uh, i can share one please example. yeah yeah it's cliffhanger so, if you didn't yeah so i i love this uh, experience that doesn't exist yet but i would love to experience it where you're wearing and maybe this is not the the version that's coming out, maybe it's in the future, it's going to be as easy to wear as your AirPods, where you can do yoga in them, for example. They're as lightweight and as non-obstructive uh, as like AirPods, basically. Imagine that we have a version like that, where now you are looking into the mirror and you're seeing yourself as, and maybe it's a, like an AR thing, mm -hmm. uh, augmented reality, where you still see all of your reality. And now there's a mirror in front of you, a big mirror, and then you're sitting on the yoga mat in front of yourself. You're just looking at yourself, right? And now, instead of just only seeing yourself in a perfect version, the exact same way how you would see yourself in the mirror, there's no real uh, visual distinction. Um, you move your arm, it's perfectly moving. There's no lag. There's no like uh, pixelation. It's all crystal clear, and it's like your 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 eyes can't tell the difference. And in addition to that, now you also see other aspects of your of your physical body. Let's say you're you're almost seeing your like MRI scan of your body. You see how you're breathing, how your your air is p penetrating your lungs, or how your if you choose so you can look at your stomach. It will show you all of the internal parts of your body, how they uh, how they operate. You can also see your energy chakras and uh, that would be some 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 kind of like an approximation maybe but but it will give you a lot more awareness around like sometimes when when you ask people oh close your eyes and visualize this or visualize that a lot of people during meditation they have a hard time visualizing this is a perfect tool for visualization uh, that will really like uh, help you direct your energy into yourself into your present self when you that last part is is definitely interesting and and being able to visualize like having the aid of your visual eyes with the technology mm -hmm. to support like meditation directives mm -hmm. imagine mm -hmm. energy circulating yep. like your chi energy circulating for um you know specific pranayama whatever yep 
whatever it is that you want to achieve. Yep. It could be even within Qigong or something like that. Yep. Yeah, that would be that'd be neat. Even if it was just a visual effect for a class, I mean, that would be right. awesome. But it right. might even support, not even might, it most likely would support yep. actually moving the energy because we are with our mind yep. asking ourselves to visualize yep. to support moving energy, literally the That's chi right. energy throughout or the prana throughout. I think you can get to the point of uh, approximating that type of energetic fields uh, by measuring other th things about your body, your heart sure. rate and other elements of your body um, accurately enough to be able to like approximate or like creative, like a, what's it called? Yeah, like approximation. But yeah, so there are a lot of use cases like that. I mean, another one, I'm just like doing yoga. And instead of sometimes when I do yoga, I feel a certain muscle uh, getting more activated. And it's with my eyes closed, I exercise my imagination to to almost like see it right it's not just about feeling it it's almost like oh i see how it's like bending so Im imagine you're also as you're doing yoga there is maybe a device next to you that's basically scanning you perfectly it knows exactly what muscle gets activated and what and it will show you so you have a lot more awareness about your body like anything that you do it's um uh, you become more aware of yourself Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I, I would love an experience for for even for myself uh it's just a helpful tool for awareness expansion um and that's often how people become maybe spiritual or evolve their consciousness is through yoga practice is is the practice of expanding your awareness around yourself or on your body and then it's easy then to uh, extrapolate that expansion of your consciousness outside of just your your vessel uh, but then you're so i think that that's that's a very useful practice of uh of, that we should really like promote it will it will get promoted and especially with that technology yeah yeah any other topics that you think would be important to to touch on yeah the, yeah. Th the thing that's most alive for me right now mm -hmm is my work with procrastination, specifically because I am supporting people in masculine embodiment, like that masculine delineation of discipline, getting things done. Mm -hmm. Also with what we were talking about, like caring more and building the better future, it takes stop stopping procrastinating. It takes stop talking about it and taking more action, yes. which we don't do. So it does take- Or at least some of us. Most, most of us. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, some uh, of us. I mean, many all, of, all of us would benefit from more of Action. discipline for sure. Yeah. But there is a very wide spectrum. Correct. Yes. Correct. And I, I, yeah, exactly. I'm speaking to the people where they're not doing whatever it is. Right. And if it is in the case of watching the documentary and then spending 20 minutes of doing research, one, one week out of the month to support an entire year of getting better at a, a certain subject and being mm -hmm. able to participate in a conversation that helps move that whole conversation forward mm -hmm. is within our ability. It's in our potential. And if we're just scrolling on Instagram as yeah. all of our free time, yeah. if we're not making it to the gym consistently, whatever the things are, yeah. we are stunting our growth, our ability, and our ability to show up and purpose, purpose. Yeah. Yeah. The work that I do as an artist 
and especially around child trafficking, is the epitome of me no longer procrastinating mm. on something that matters to my soul, matters to society, that I have the ability to contribute to. And right now my work around procrastination is to support people doing better in their lives in general, not just yeah. for the great work of their life, which eventually you can't not get there, yes. by being more embodied mm. in a sense of purpose and action and discipline mm -hmm. with that skill alive. Mm -hmm. But I am doing a great job at supporting people in overcoming the habit of procrastination. First, by understanding what it's really speaking to, which is always speaking to fear. Mm -hmm. It's always speaking to some fear within. It's speaking to identities which are comfortable. They want their strategy of avoidance to be the dominant strategy that we partake in, which is stunting our growth in general for mm -hmm. whatever aspect that, that's present for you for. Helping that understanding, but then doing embodiment work, and this is what's fun, is mm -hmm. doing the work where you solidify, you bring into your brainstem, you get loud, you move your body, you, you yeah. channel energy, yeah. you commit to focus and action, accountability, and then are able to achieve more, do more, yes. be more. I'm super fired up about that. This yeah. is part of the great work of my life because my whole freaking life, bro, I have been procrastinating mm -hmm. on everything. Mm -hmm. If there's something due, I do it last minute, period. Mm -hmm. You know, the, I think it's the Robinson's Law. How, how do I forget? Parkinson's Law. Parkinson's Law Thank yeah. you. That work fills the amount of time that one assigns to it. Yes. So if you give yourself three weeks, it takes you three weeks. If you give yourself three days, it takes you three days. This has been my life. I, funny that I'm talking about it. I just procrastinated on something. Mm -hmm. And I had my reality was showing up to blare at me like, hey, this is your past sneaking back in when I'm already my future. Mm -hmm. And it's calling in the future embodiment of how we can already act in the manner that we can visualize see myself already acting in a more proactive way yes. and living that. So one of the really businesses that I'm most excited about is something that I call the End of Procrastination Summit, which is an in-person event happening in Miami yes. um, in May. Um, and I have, the, I have a website up already, endofprocrastination.com, which is going to be a kick-ass event in person and then obviously there's going to be not obviously there's going to be more supportive events things virtual mm -hmm. but the in-person work is what i'm most excited about mm -hmm. so for everyone that is wanting to know more about the world and themselves how they can be more on purpose mm -hmm. wanting to do better and ending the habit of procrastination yeah i'm working on that specifically to support others because when we come on in greater access of energy, mm -hmm. we can change the whole world. Yeah. We start focusing our energy better. We start channeling our energy in more, more yeah. uh, yep. focused and constructive ways. Yep. And our lives change and the ripple effect changes the entire 100%. world. Beautiful. So I'm super passionate about that right now. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing that I wanted to ask, uh, have you considered including in the curriculum or in the program basically your ways of interacting with technology because oftentimes, you know, those social media platforms have PhDs and really smart people working on how to hack your mind totally. and like get your attention. Totally. And if like creating some, ha uh, some kind of habits and, and disciplines around your relationship with technology might be very useful. Totally brother. Yeah. 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 That's part of it. That's part of it. Abs amazing. Yeah, amazing. absolutely. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, I, I think that's a super important element of, of a modern person exercising discipline. Is like, what's your relationship with technology? One hundred, bro. My own relationship with Instagram. Yeah. Hello. Mm-hmm. This is a thing for everyone I know, for every single person I know practically that is in a certain age group and sure. and is in a certain line of work. Yeah. IG is the time suck of a lifetime, yeah. which can drain our entire fucking lives. Yeah, yeah. If you allow it us, to, yeah. If you allow yeah. it to us, yeah, yeah. It's so a, yeah, being being mindful, being and we we're aware. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, the yo, know, I fell into the. I felt I started scrolling. You know, thirty mm-hmm. minutes later, I'm like, oh, I was supposed to do something else. We're uh, many of us are yeah. aware of it. Yeah still engaging with it and we can have compassion it's okay yeah it's not all it's not all mindless yeah it can be but a lot of it is constructive yeah and i love seeing my friends on ig with the things that they're sharing for the most part if not i wouldn't be able to keep up with a lot of people you know what i find very useful is having a partner nearby to even like not necessarily for for Monica, for my wife to say, oh, you've been spending too much time on social media or something like that. That never happens. But just her presence brings me back into the present and I'm I'm much more aware that I've spent too much time on this device. 100%. Yeah. I mean, maybe not everyone have the luxury of having a partner next to them at all times, but I know that that's very helpful. Or a partner that you're present with because a lot of partnerships are both of you on Instagram at the same time. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. A lot of Yeah. Yeah. It does like I don't think it's it's always bad to for for both of you to just the fact that both of you are, let's say, on Instagram at the same time is not bad. Correct. It's for both of you to be on Instagram longer than you would like it to be. Yes. Yeah. I think the difference comes when it's intentional, when yeah. it's deliberate versus mm-hmm. unconscious. Mm-hmm. That's I think the big the distinction that matters in that case. Because if you're unconsciously spending time when you'd rather consciously spend time in a different way, then then you're already not flirting with, you are already out of alignment with Mm -hmm. like your values and like how you would actually like the relationship to go. Also, it's generally not gonna be that supportive if it's Mm -hmm. all the time, like if it's a recurring thing. Mm -hmm. And there are better ways to relate to a partner. 100%, yeah. And there's cool ways, like you guys, you know, I, I, I coached, I coached a friend of mine and he was talking about a morning that him and his girl were, were together at his apartment and she was on Instagram and he got bothered because he wanted her to be present. Mm-hmm. And there's an opportunity to reflect and include yourself in the activity so that it's not an individual activity mm-hmm. or you both do it together and you show each other like there's yeah. there's a moment of inclusion that can be had right and it doesn't always have to be something bad right or wrong etc like it's not about the value judgment right yeah i think it's the intention you could um yeah if you if your intention is to be present with that person you could first interact on the level of of as you as you said sharing something but then the the intention is to bring their attention back into here mm-hmm. now being with me here beautiful i let me know if there's any ways how people can find you i mean you mentioned a few sort of resources for mm-hmm. downloading the book or your your mm-hmm. summit uh, any other places that you would like for people to um 
to find you? Yeah, my main place online is stefanleon.com. Mm-hmm. Nice. And th- all my stuff is there, all my links. But the main links that I'm you know, sharing right now, my IG, which is at underscore Stefan Leon mm-hmm. with an F. And then endofprocrastination.com nice. is where you can find the information about the summit. Mm-hmm. Everything else you can find on my website or the link in my bio on my IG. What an honor and pleasure. What a pleasure, my friend. Yes. Yeah, stoked, awesome. stoked right? that I'm here, man. It's yeah. so it's so cool to be in the studio. This is such an epic creation. And there's so much potential here for the way that we can share stories, we can get interviews, extract helpful insights from people, share those with a greater audience, yeah, have man. them see us on video so you know that it's authentic. 100%, man, 100%. I see it as a, I don't, I've never seen uh, a big, like a factory that mines gold. In my mind, it's always like individuals going with the little thingies and, mm. and uh, but I'm sure there is, or there used to be, maybe not anymore. Sure, there still are. Like basically, it's a it's a big um, uh, f- factory that's able to process a lot of um, a lot of dirt and find gold from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I see the studio like creating. It's it's a content production machine that allows a lot of uh, people coming through and recording and then sipping it through and finding gold in it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like mm-hmm. that, and then sharing that gold with the press. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like building really the system. Uh, that allows you to, at scale, find gold and golden nuggets in human exactly. expression. Exactly, because there is noise pollution online. 100%, yeah. Like, the majority of what we see online is noise pollution. Most of it, yeah, exactly. And this is value. This is mm-hmm. gold inside mm-hmm. of all of that. So mm-hmm. yeah, we sit mm-hmm. through it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's gold to us. It can be gold to others. If it's gold to us, uh, it's most likely there are people like us who would appreciate the, the same insights. Yeah. For sure. Ideally. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Ben.